0: Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B Podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. I've got to apologise for how nasal I sound uh, today because I am just getting over a little bit of a cold, so apologies for that. This episode is the audio from our webinar that we ran last week. Set up your Q4 pipeline to close the year like a boss. I was joined once again by a fantastic panel of speakers giving valuable, actionable and insightful tips and tricks and what you can start doing to make sure you have a successful Q4 as the year comes to a close. So, without further ado, here is the podcast. Hello and welcome to this Essential B2B webinar brought to you today by Lead Forensics. I am your host, Brand Awareness Manager, Joe Ducaro. The theme of today's webinar is set up a Q4 pipeline to close the year like a boss. If your sales pipeline is currently leakier than a broken sieve, you're not alone. No organization is immune to pipeline challenges or missed quotas. If you're looking to reevaluate your sales approach just in time for Q4 to finish the year strong, we've got you back we have assembled a panel of industry thought leaders to share their tips for effective sales pipeline management, maximizing opportunities, and closing winnable deals. So joining me to discuss sales pipelines and more is a panel of excellent guests. We have Michael Manzi, 10 times head of sale with over 80,000 followers on TikTok, where he's helping companies under $10 million build, and scale outbound, advising CEOs, or training teams. Hi, Michael, great to have you with us today.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Uh, we have Charlotte Lawley, strategic sales director, podcaster for Investment Monitor. Hi Charlotte.
2: Hi, great to be here.
0: Uh, we have Tyler Witt, returning guest of the webinar, sales evangelist and charming human for Lead Forensics. That's what's on your LinkedIn, so I just went with that Tyler. Hello Tyler.
3: Hello, thank you for having me again.
0: <laughs> we have Killian O'Grady, head of sales and senior sales director at Sprout Social. Hi Killian, thank you for joining us. Hi Joe, Delighted to be here. And finally, last but absolutely by no means least, we have David Bentham, Director of Sales Development at Cognizant. Hello David, how are you doing?
4: Hey, I'm not too bad, thanks. Really good to be here, as is everybody else apparently.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I do have to apologise, I do have a slight sniff, also my voice is slightly nasally for this webinar, but we're going to carry on all the same. We do have a chat function that you can get involved with uh, throughout the webinar. Um, So if anyone in the audience feels like they would like to ask a question, please feel free to pop it in. Although we have quite a stacked card here, uh, so there may not be time. If there is time, we'll get to your questions. So guys, first question I have for you today is, what's the best piece of sales strategy advice you'd give? Something that you've put into practice and has made an impactful change to your results? I think, Killian we'll start with you.
5: Yeah, lovely. Um, I mean, I think one of the key things Uh, even though q4 is obviously very important it's very unlikely that things are going to fundamentally change from any other quarter Um, so i think from a sales rep's point of view it's really important to know your numbers uh, to know your conversion rate your average deal size and know your sales cycle in particular i think that's something that get get people get caught out on Uh, and i think just to make sure that i mean it's there's a fair amount of science to selling uh, and i think the more you know uh, there's a lot of predictability there um, you know, you know, the pipeline coverage you need. And I think if you um, keep all those things in mind, Q4 shouldn't. I mean, there's obviously maybe an extra push and energy from the sales team, hopefully. But other than that, fundamentally, customers don't change a huge amount in that short space of time. So keep focused on the
0: the science behind the numbers. Knowledge is power, I suppose. Thanks, Killian. Um, Charlotte, we'll come to you on that one. Best piece of sales strategy advice you give?
2: Oh, I've got several. So. First off, make sure that you're focusing on RGAs, revenue generating activities. So everything has to be client facing or calling prospects. Make sure that you're managing your time well. Do you need to have internal meetings? Could those meetings be an email? Um, Time block to prospect, can't stress the importance of this. You're gonna spend one hour cold calling, time block for the week. So focus on that for one hour, then you might wanna focus on cold email, When you're researching a prospect, make sure that you block it off in your calendar. Don't leave any white space, otherwise you're gonna end up forgetting to do it. Another thing I'd say that works really well for me is multi-channel prospecting or multi-channel prospecting if you're American. So don't just rely on sending emails to prospects, cold call, use video, use LinkedIn. Start sending LinkedIn messages, LinkedIn voice notes, they're under 30 seconds, they're great. not many of my prospects use them this is still really underutilized on linkedin when you're commenting on your prospects posts on social media leave a thoughtful comment don't just say well done congratulations looks good say something a bit different read what they're sort of what are they posting about what's their company been posting about show that you've done your research and that you know you're using all these different channels so linkedin send a video um, Sending a video is really easy. I think a lot of salespeople get into this whole mindset of, oh, it's gonna take me too long to put together a 30 second video. Time block 30 minutes. I can send up to 20 videos. I can record up to 20 videos in that time and then get them sent out. So show your prospect that you're doing all these different things. And, and try, you know, the more you touch them on different channels, the more likely you're gonna get a response. Um, another thing that I'll add is disqualify to qualify. So in, I find in Q4, well, not just Q4, Q4, but previous quarters, a lot of sales people have deals in the pipeline that are just not going to come through because they haven't disqualified properly. So if you sense that your prospect's not interested, call it out, get on the call, tell them if you're finishing a demo or if you're coming to the end of that proposal call and you sense that you know ask them what the hesitations or pushback would be and um, if you sense that they're not going to move forward say it you want to get an answer you want to get a no faster so that your pipeline is going to be um more you know, you're going to see more conversions from your pipeline the quicker you disqualify to qualify
0: what a comprehensive answer to that question though. that was fantastic Charlotte. so as you were you were talking about um RTAs and then you start going into video, there was a big show of appreciation from Michael Manzi down there. So Michael, what have you got to add on that?
1: Yeah, I can't agree more with, with, the t- with two things in particular. One is using the, the LinkedIn voice notes. You see it, you have to you have to click on it, right? Like you're just wondering what this person said. So if you wanna increase your open rates, so many people that I talk to are like, Mike, I have great open rates, 10%. I'm like that's really garbage. You know, my clients are doing 30, 40, 50% open rates on their emails, but on LinkedIn voice note, You're going to look at like 90, 100% of that. The second thing is with videos, I totally agree that it's underutilized. The only videos we ever see are the sales reps from Vidyard going, and those ones are crap, (laughs) by the way. Those ones are crap. Videos that you should be sending, first of all, your name should be, sorry, I'm like, I'm really big on specific tips, but your name should be at the end of the video, not in the beginning. Nobody's interested in, hi, I'm Mike, I'm calling from, delete, right? So the email should, the, the video should be, Hey, I know that you're Tom over, over there and you're the CRO. That typically means you you're you're super pissed because your reps aren't doing enough prospecting. You're super frustrated because your CEO isn't giving you enough budget. And you want to make sure that you have reps that never leave. Now I can't help with the first two, but I can't help with that last thing. And I'm Mike, and here's how I do it, right? But having that like real life conversation that's kind of slightly funny, but very real lets them know that you understand their business, not just. I understand their business as it relates to my business, gets them to be like, OK, cool. I want to talk to you. And you leave your name for the end because there really should be just like on TikTok, a hook action, you know, or uh, engagement stuff and then a call to action. So cannot agree more with that at all. Um, and what I would say, though, um, similar to what, what you were saying, where you have to disqualify people. Here's what I think is a couple way to expand on that. What you need to do is not only disqualify, which I completely agree with, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, but project manage. As sales reps, especially earlier in the year, we're like, my job is to get you convinced and then hands off the wheel. What it really is, my job is to get the first person convinced and then my job changes. Now I'm now a project manager from my point of contact through the rest. So my framework for that is you start by saying, what are the next one to two steps you have to take internally? Not what are the next steps, because then they just give you a bunch of BS. What are the next one or two steps you have to take internally to get something like this approved, like not pushing my product? Then no matter what they say, I'm going to go, okay, cool. If this doesn't work out, you don't buy me. You don't buy anybody else. What are the likely reasons? And it might even provide some reasons. I might say, listen, like your boss is the one who bought the previous tool. So is there any chance your boss says, I don't want to buy this new tool because I'm going to look dumb. But I'll say that if this doesn't work out, what are the reasons versus asking any, any way this doesn't work out or do you think we're good? Commit. If it doesn't work out, what are the likely reasons? And then I think the real killer that's been really helpful, especially in Q4 or just towards the end of quarters, is if that happens, your boss says no, budget, whatever you guys say are potential roadblocks. What are you gonna do? Too often, we say, hey, are we gonna be good? And they go, yeah, we'll be good, budget might be an issue. And we go, okay, cool. Um, I'm gonna make an ROI calculator, I'm gonna send you an email with like 87, 89 links that you're never gonna read, forward that along, and here's an 85-page deck. When well, we really should be saying, what are you gonna do? And if they have a good answer, wonderful. And if they don't, and they say, uh, hmm, ha, uh, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna be like, do you have anything? And now, instead of you sending an 85-link email, you're sending them something they're asking for specifically and you know it's specific to a problem they have and now you're controlling the deal way, way, way better. So those are like my first two things. I'm happy to answer any questions about that but I can't let my time be gone without saying this last bit which is any time you need somebody to move, you get your 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 significant other to go to dinner at the place you wanna to go to dinner or someone to sign before the quarter ends. There are only two things you can do. You can either reduce friction or increase the incentive. So Amazon makes the buy now button that reduces friction to buy. Other things you can do to reduce friction are things like, can your boss come on the call? No. Shoot, can I get in touch? No. Well, the reason you can't buy is because your boss hasn't seen the the demo, let's say. Let me make a video of a demo. Let me, you know, can I, I have a friend that that can make an intro. Can my boss? reach out to your boss and show them. What are ways I can push you along and help you reduce friction to whatever that next thing is or increase incentive? And of course, we know incentives are things like discounts and we all say we never discount and then give 30% off. But the other thing you would do is, is of course, just say things like, hey, we, we, we have this, uh, this the, the better CSM is gonna come on board if you guys can do a certain thing or I can just send you a thank you if you do something like this. But these are all different ways that you can, get someone to move. I think a, the best example I have of this is I had a client once who had, um, it was like 30 or 40% of their inbounds they actually booked meetings from, which is terrible. So we jumped it up to like 80% just by changing the email from like, can we meet to option A, you do it yourself, option B, we meet. And just doing that made the email easier to respond to, reducing friction, and then increasing the, the, the rate there. So those are my three thoughts.
0: Yeah, no, I really like the idea of using the 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 video in that sort of creative way. But uh, uh, David, down to you then. uh, The best piece of sales strategy advice that you would give.
4: Yeah, so I'm actually just um, gonna jump a little bit on Charlotte and Michael's points of. Um, I-, I was going to talk later about LinkedIn voice notes, but we're massive on them. It's been the second biggest channel channel for Cognizant in terms of um, outbound bookings for the for the whole um, for the whole of this year. We've been doing it all year. I would say though, and just just to, just because I think differences of opinions are, 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 like are, like really interesting, and it can be based on persona. Um, cold uh, co- cold video back in 2018, 2019 killed it like you know i could say the same thing second biggest channel over um dialing but we really um find that i think our our persona which is sales which obviously like you know tends to be a bit little bit more head of the curve has potentially got a little bit more bored of that we're using video but pretty much exclusively in follow-ups nowadays so you know just to um it, i think a lot of that is going to depend on on the audience's persona um as to how effective it is but um but yeah, like definitely a big advocate of both as as part of the the outreach process. Um, the best piece of sales strategy I could give right now, I'm I'm obviously very much SDR focused, top of funnel focused. Um uh and the biggest thing that we're investing in at in the moment is actually the list build like the accounts that we're going after the prospects that we're going after like getting that as tight as physically possible so that um so that we're really focusing on um yeah the accounts that can ultimately close but not only close but also become like really consistent and and um good customers for us so we're recording we, or for years and years, or forever since this, the inception, like we've we've recorded s- so much data, like we've gone over the top on on what we're asking to, from our like um, SDRs, A's and um, uh, account managers uh, to give us that feedback loop, so that we can we can really have a clear picture on our ICP. But and um, lead forensics. I promise have not. Uh, asked me to say this, but we are, um, or pay me to say this yet, but please pay me afterwards. Um, <laughs> we are massive on um, intent signals. So uh, whether it be something like Lee Forensics, where it's telling people that are on the website, um, uh, we partner with a company called Bombora, who are absolutely fantastic in terms of giving us um, their intent. But we're looking at like, you know, we we blended into our account scoring system through our wonderful RevOps team. You know, if we've got triggers that say, if someone hires a particular job title, within the company that's going to pull that account like well up in our account scoring immediately. So we go really deep in that kind of information. Now, not everybody here is going to have access to that, especially if you're an individual seller, um, but you do have access to LinkedIn where you can search for job titles that are, are um, you know, that are interesting in terms of or like that are within your icp and see if they're actively hiring for them and then and then kind of like add that to your account list so um for for me it's it's the list build that's um such an important part of the the, the overall strategy at the moment
0: and uh and david just let me know if you'd like your usual payment in gold bunny and then we can you know discuss after this
4: yeah thanks thanks i appreciate
0: it <laughs> <laughs> tyler best piece of sales strategy advice you give
3: Yeah, I had a couple things written down um, and, you know, I think like, so there's one I think I'll hit on specifically here because, you know, I hit it dead on when, you know, it's no different than any other quarter. Right. And so I think, you know, a lot of uh, uh, Charlotte, Michael, you know, David talking about a lot of so especially Charlotte and David talking about, you know, the bucket of your net new. Right. So how you're going to go out, you're going to find you're going to build that pipeline. Michael's talking a little bit about how you deal with your existing and there's really three buckets, right? Your net new, your existing pipeline. And then the one thing that does change in Q4 a bit is that you do have more older pipeline, right? So if those are your three buckets that you can kind of pull, those are, you know, so you want to, you know, what's your game plan? Know your numbers, figure out how am I going to get to X, right? So here's, you know, here's X, whatever that goal is, figure it out, reverse engineer it, and then break it down in those three buckets, right? What do I need for net new? What are my current opportunities? What do I need to do on those? But then old pipeline. And in Q4, that does become... You know, especially for people in kind of that full sales cycle or closing role, that it's the largest it's been all year. So how you go about that? So for me, you know, I do put extra focus in on that, and I, I'll put together my list. I start my drip campaigns, um, and I don't really care if a person told me a month ago or three months ago, um, you know, like no, it's now is not the time, not ready. Uh, good news is things are always changing, right? And especially, you know, for myself, I target sales and marketing highest turnover of any company so it's a good chance a person that told me it's not the right time doesn't work there anyway anymore um but like i am getting you know i'm going to be fairly um i'm going to say the term like aggressive or assertive in my approaches of reaching out um one of the biggest tips let's you know see how this one lands i go back i scrape my entire database and one of the big things i've always done in q4 is i know my company's touch policy And, you know, if they're within boundaries, so meaning within territory or product lines, I'm going to pull any pipeline from wherever I can find it, marketing lists. I'm going to pull other people's sales pipelines if they're not. And if they're not working it, you better believe I'm going to be working it because Q4 is the time. People are reassessing budgets. They're, you know, in the market potentially. Right. For what the next year is going to look like. I want to go after that. So. I am being paid to say this uh i would buy lead forensics 100 percent i would get that in place and i would put together that's my big thing in q4 is i'm going to scrape because it's my largest bucket of the year of old pipeline and i want to get in front of as many of those people as possible um and i won't go into the details of the cadence and this and that but i'd implement all the strategies that are being talked about here because they are brilliant and they're all like perfectly applicable in the market and just as applicable to your older pipeline as it is to new or current pipeline. And then I would go like ham after that market um, and try to get back in front of those people because it is gonna be my largest untapped kind of lowest hanging fruit um, in terms of sales for my Q4. And
0: and again, gold bullion coming your way, Tyler, for that as well. (laughs) I'll take it, I'll take it. Killian, I I wanna come back to you on this one. Um, what are the most important things to consider when managing your sales pipeline efficiently?
5: Yeah, I think the interesting word in that sentence is efficiently, and I think efficiency means different things in different segments. So I manage different themes, um, some focusing, say, on very high volume sales and some of much more strategic sales, so I think it's a little bit different in every segment, but obviously. The thing to remember is that you've got to understand the customer buying journey, what they're going to go through and what time is involved in that. Just because we want something to move particularly quickly in Q4 doesn't mean the customer is suddenly going to move faster. So I think knowing your typical sales cycle, maybe it could vary by deal size, uh, it could vary by complexity. Um, But I think one of the things that we've certainly seen is that the buying process has become a lot more complex. For a lot of the organisations we're selling to, and I think you've got to reverse engineer it, um, and that you know has drives a lot of the efficiency in your pipeline management. You've got to know what steps are going to have to happen from your whatever the final step in your sales process is back to wherever you're at. Feed that right back to prospecting. Um, so I think it's about identifying and bucketing those deals together, uh, and knowing that you've got and a bit of Charlotte's point about blocking out times to do stuff. I think it's always from an efficiency point of view to try and do more of the same thing at the same time as humans it's difficult for us to switch from one task to another so if you've got your prospecting time you know I can find with various buyer personas, if it's better if you're engaged with the same ones one after the other because you can get into the mode of the conversation and the language uh, rather than switching say, from a finance buyer to a technical buyer or whatever it might be so try and tie them together our focus if you're multi cross multiple industries try and you know segment your pipeline in a way that makes sense so that you've got some commonality in terms of either persona industry uh, sales stage or whatever it is at a given time um, but again it comes, I said at the very start of it knowing your numbers and knowing your status so for each of my teams it's slightly different um, my SMB teams for example would have high volume um they know what their win rates are um, and i think the thing is to make sure not to waste too much time again to, to the point of qualifying out or disqualifying prospects i think that becomes a very important part of it and i think with the more enterprise and strategic deals i think the risk always is that you pull all your eggs into one basket and put too much effort into one deal and it's always about balancing you know have you got um what's what's going to cover it if it goes wrong you know have you got something to cover that um, so I think you know it's 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 a very much individual thing, but I think for every team it's important that everybody's aligned and know that this is how they got the, these are the steps they're gonna to have to go through and you can't just suddenly short circuit it because it's important to us to close by a particular date.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's not even necessarily a, a sales thing, is it? Compartmentalization and time blocking. It's useful in all aspects of work, I suppose. So uh, um Charlotte, what are the most important things to consider when managing your sales pipeline? for efficiency sake
2: uh, so touching on what michael said before certainly for q4 anyways how do you incentivize your prospect so you might want to say look um can we do anything special to to make this happen sooner um can we onboard you in q4 and then start in q1 and um, you know save, save that time so incentivize your prospect but so, so that it's a win-win it's a win for them um, another thing I'll say is again, going back to activity, so know your metrics, again, touching on what Killian was saying, but you can control your input. You can't control your output, but you can control your input. So know what you have to do, the activities that you have to do to be able to get those results and triple X your pipeline. One thing that no one's mentioned, ask for referrals. So when you're on Calls With Your Prospects, is there any other department that your solution might, might tailor to? Um, really important to ask for referrals. Uh, Another thing is your mindset. So a lot of self people I think can neglect their mindset. So every morning, and this has really helped me, journal, and this is something that takes under two minutes. So you write down two or three micro goals for your day. What What are you grateful for? What will you be grateful for? And then go back to it at the end of the day. Is there a tough situation? That you're anticipating are you anticipating any no's how are you going to overcome that do that first thing then when you go into your day you're sort of you're ready for this you're not going to feel that rejection um, as sharply as you would had you not done that um so that mindset is key and i think it's one thing that you know sales perhaps don't focus on enough
0: yeah, I suppose it's probably in the in the culture the sales culture it can be quite easy to neglect that as you say yeah I think that's that's a fantastic point and generally it's something I'm probably going to implement actually going forward just to make a little note right this one very good for you today um,
2: and one David, more thing I want to say is um, the pain points so managing it when you're on discovery calls are you really getting under the skin of the of this prospect's pain points Still, you know, salespeople will—they'll hear one problem and then they'll jump into, "Oh, this is my my solution. This is how we can help you." You need to really get under the skin of the pain points, and these are changing, you know, with each quarter. So the pain point three months ago might not be the same pain point in, in 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 Q4. So you know, you're really uncovering all those pain points. What's the impact if if you don't solve this problem? What impact does it have on X, Y, Z? Like Really thinking not just about how it impacts the person or the people that you're talking to, but how would that impact all the areas of the business? Are you uncovering all of those pain points?
0: Lean into the, the sort of the emotive side of it, I guess, yeah. Um yeah. David, down to you. What are the yeah. most important things to when managing your sales pipeline efficiently?
4: Yeah, for sure. So um again, um I come at this from a top of funnel lens. Um And although I don't manage pipeline directly, I do create it and I'm accountable for the creation of it. Um, But one thing that goes both with uh, our top of funnel individuals as well as our um, our AEs, our closers and and account managers is just uh, multi-threading. Um, and especially in Q4, when we've got um, December coming up, people are going on a lot of holidays. You can have a bunch of job switching. Um, some real life stats out of Cognizant is that we've got seven times, it's seven times more likely for us to close a deal if we have five plus um, stakeholders involved in the opportunity versus one. Um, it's pretty unsurprising that if we've only got one person, it falls off pretty quickly. So um, yeah, I think like multi threading is super important. Um, actionable tips, we actually even incentivize our SDR team if you do have SDR teams to multi Multi-thread. Um, they work on opportunities actively with the AEs to help kind of bring in different, um, like cross-sell regions and different stakeholders uh, where where required. Um, but also just on the AE side, if you're if you're sat there with, or if, you're, or if you're a closer and you're sat there with like one or two people in your opportunity, start reaching out to to the others because um, it's going to be incredibly important, especially as I say in this holiday uh, si- season. Absolutely. Thank you very much,
0: David. Uh, Michael,
1: come to you. Sweet. Um, agree with everything. Killian, 100%, <laughs> reverse engineering, everything. I can't agree, more, can't agree more. Charlotte, you're totally right. I feel like one of the things that's not talked about enough is how our self-worth is our percent of quota. And I don't think that's talked about enough. But um, some of the things I'll say, the first thing kind of related to Killian is understanding which deals are coming in. And which ones are not. Too often a sales rep is like, yeah, things are going well. I have this deal and I have that deal and this deal and I have that deal. Then I sit down and I go, cool. Of your 20 deals, which are going to come in? I'm like these two. I'm to get right. And that leaves how much left? Okay, where are you going to get that from your current deals? And then what percent do you typically close in month? Okay, well, that leaves you like 75 grand short. So just having that direct conversation with your reps, or if it's if you're the rep with yourself to figure out how am I gonna how much short am I? effectively to just know to just have your own goalposts because I think having a quarterly goalpost might be really challenging but when you see okay I think the goalpost is here I feel like I'm crushing it and you recognize you're actually on the 20-yard line it, it gives you a different pace that you're going to want to take but to be more efficient I think that um, one of the big things is the next steps bit that I told you about before um, the other bit is understanding politics and processes if you're who you're selling to, that's also their Q4, that means that the CEO says to everybody, tell me what your budget is for next year and sell more stuff, right? And every department head is like, okay, cool. And they're slapping together all sorts of random stuff and they're taking calls and they're they're like, Yeah, we're gonna need all these training things. Now, when they go to bring it up to the CEO, your person's like, CEO's gonna love this, CEO's gonna need this. We're gonna have to have to get it. Like it's cold stone creamery, right? And then it's like, well, but actually the CEO was like, I told you guys all to make these budgets so I could slash a third of them off the table immediately. So like having the conversation with your person to say, listen, why don't I give you a higher price? Cause your CEO is going to want to slash it. Or if your CEO told you to slash 30% of your stuff, all the other things you're asking for, would we land in that 30% that's getting slashed or not to understand where you are and talking about that process um, can help you Guide the person through this process and be more efficient because you'll be like, this deal is a great deal, but it's not going to come in in Q4. My person loves it, but it's not going to come in, in Q4. Great, move move your time. Um, and then, I mean, the kind of real transactional side, like for Killian's like SMB team, I know we're doing discounts or we're doing anything else to try to move people quicker. Anything we're doing to move someone quicker, whether it be a discount or a friction-reducing thing or, or otherwise, there's two things that I found have worked really well. One is Everything having a deadline of the 15th or whatever is effectively the 15th of the month because no one's ever, everyone hates being pushed on the 30th because it feels like commission breath. On the 15th, if they go over by a week, who really cares? Because you're still kind of getting it in that month or that quarter. And then the other thing that I found is really helpful is actually just having uh discounts or, or incentives that decrease over time. So if you're able to say to the sales team, listen, in um, October, we're doing. 15 percent off if they do X in November it's 10 in December it's five they're going to bring it up to to their customers and that gives them and their customers a reason to create some urgency so when their customers are saying have, having to go to the CEO to get budget they may say hey can we just actually say yes to this thing really quick in November I know we're not saying yes to everybody's stuff until our December 20th meeting can we say yes to this really quick it gives you a, a little bit more of, an, of a chance to win now it's very transactional not for larger deals but a couple of things that can help you be more efficient
0: Thank you very much, Michael. Again, another hugely comprehensive answer there. Thank you so much. Tyler, rounds out on this question then.
3: Yeah, I, I'm glad that Charlotte brought that up. I think whenever you talk about sales, you have to talk about mindset. So I'm glad you, you brought that up right. Like your mindset dictates performance. Your performance should never dictate your mindset. So I do think, you know, I think it's always important whenever you're talking sales. Um you you do bring that up. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, so look, when it comes to organization, number one, if you're organized, you're already ahead of 80% of the salespeople out there. I mean, vast majority of them, they have zero idea where their pipeline is going to come from, where their next call is going to be out to. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times we like to live in this world where we believe, yep, sale, you know, because again, you do want, you know, you, yeah, you just, we live in this fictitious world where salespeople are super organized and super blah, blah. We've all been salespeople, I believe, on this call. We all know. That wasn't the case most of the time, right? And so for me, that organization is always broken down. I always found it the easiest. If I just look at, look, here's my like, here's what my goal is, right? so I want these three buckets, right? I've got my net new, got my current, and I've got my lapsed. And then I just focus, just like a business owner would, right? Like here's a you know, here's my revenue channels, my you know, new customers coming in, my existing customers, maybe customers I've lost along the way. How do I do my win backs there? And I just I focus on each one as a separate channel. So that's how I've always looked to kind of organize, you know, regardless of whether I've done B2B, B2C, b to c right, whatever it is, transactional enterprise, like I just kind of always break it down to that. And I look like I need, you know, historically speaking, most of my, you know, most of my revenue is going to come from my my existing, right, um, you know, in a B2B cycle, it'd probably be existing, because it's the pipeline you're currently working. Uh, your net new usually pretty hard to turn that around on some of the sales cycles but if you're transactional it's going to be flipped right like your net new is going to be the stuff you get on the call and close but understanding you know right there have that game plan and then organize your day. Here's what I'm going to focus on this bucket. Here's what I'm going to focus on this bucket. Here's what I'm going to focus in on this bucket. And and then that's going to be primarily my path every single month, every single quarter. Um, And the better, you know, over time, I'm going to get more data back. which is going to give me, you know, more insight on how I plan that going forward. But that to me is kind of the the key to organization. And then the last point, you know, so that's going to be the big one. The other one I was just going to say on this is like, you know, one of the laziest things you'll ever hear from a salesperson is I can't get this person on the phone. And that to me is like, you know, and I, I think that's something that, you know, we we everybody's kind of talking about in here. But I just want to say this out loud. Like that is laziness. Like, you, you know, look, there are so many ways. Right. There's so many social media channels like X, Y and Z. Um, you probably, you know, if you didn't ask them for the cell phone or different, you know, maybe they have a Slack thing that they use. You're not asking for that stuff. If they're not willing to connect with you on LinkedIn, like you've already got some big red flags on whether or not that should even be in your pipeline. Um, and, and then, you know, beyond that, like if it's if you're going after older pipeline, like maybe you should be tackling. If I talk to a person X and they said, no, this isn't in this year, but it's a good fit, maybe talk to person Y. Right, don't don't be afraid, right? If you're gonna make an omelet, you're gonna break some eggs. So if you've if you hit a roadblock here, you just reach out over here. So again, organize down to those three buckets and, and go until you get the result you're looking for. Right? Don't don't stop simply because it got hard or this person, oh. I think they're out you know this week or or whatever it is like you do not want to be stuck in that gray area of i don't really know where we stand um and then final 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 and this will be the only time i I get a little long-winded like this Uh, i think that michael said something in there that i I just want to hone in on because it's absolutely correct are you in the budget (laughs) are like this is big like especially in q4 because they are looking at budgets in b2b this and that right b2c is different like you know find a dress that, that fits them and you're in pretty good shape around the retail holiday season right but like in b2b like you you ask them so you're in budget planning am i on that list in your budget where am i on that list like find that out because they have a presentation they bring back here's the stack we're looking at and they have it ranked ordered so find out have you prepared the list am i even on the list i found out so many times like well, no, but if this gets bumped and bumped, we'll put you on there. All right, great. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no. If, yeah, yeah. And where am I on that list? And I've been told before, like, you know, well, you're number four or five. Well, number one is like Salesforce. It's like, great, okay. <laughs> well, what kind of budget are you getting next yeah. year? You know, and I'm in big, big trouble in Zoom or whatever these, you know, crazy, like, okay, like this is going to get out of hand very, very fast here. Um, and, and so the, that thing, and I think that was a very important point you bring, bring up. And when the world's tightening down on their budgets, Right, like you, you have to be having that conversation in the in the B two B world and have it now. Because if you're having that post, you know, or, or post November into December into the end of the year, you're you're in really big trouble. Thanks very much,
0: Tyler. Again, guys, you, you've given such brilliant answers to these questions. There's been a lot of actionable tips and a lot of insights that you've all brought to this discussion. So thank you all so much for doing that. I'm going to come round to each of you, and I'd like you all to give. One top tip, if there was one thing that everybody watching this webinar would take away, what is your one key lesson you would like them to learn? So, Killian, we'll start with you.
5: Okay. So, the one thing I would say is, and this probably is relevant to Q4, but is to create urgency. And I think Michael touched on it a little bit, being by the fifteenth of the month type of approach with discounts, etc. Um, But I think urgency and scarcity um, are two things if you can create those can really help you move your pipeline forward Uh, And two great examples. I've seen Uh, one is even though like we sell a SaaS solution. It's pretty easy to implement But no matter when the customer says they want it, you've always got a fake that they should have ordered a couple of weeks ago You know, that's gonna be and I'll pull out all the stops to get it for you And as we've moved more to a virtual world one of my A's I really like the way so we offer trials of the product uh, like you've just offered in your poll um, and you know typically you know if you do it online you'll get you'll get a month one of my a's has turned these trials into a real op- opportunity of scarcity so he looks away from the camera as if he's looking up at a shelf as if these trials were physical products and say I have, I have one three-day trial left of two five-day trials left <laughs> you know just to create that fomo that you're going to miss out uh, and it's really shortened the sales cycle rather than giving something to somebody for a long time they don't really need I mean people can evaluate software very quickly uh, so just creating that scarcity is the tip I'd
0: give. Thank you very much Kelly and thank you for joining us for this webinar scarcity and urgency to take you in. Charlotte your final take home everybody.
2: So I'm gonna ask you to become content creators and social sellers and you can start by doing this on LinkedIn so since May, I started posting seven to 10 times a week on LinkedIn um, talking to sellers, mainly because part of my prospects are not just marketers, but they're also sellers. And it's had an impact. Um, it's a great way to be seen, talk about a niche, be out there, but also generate leads. So, you know, I've been on several calls with prospects who don't even like or comment or engage with my posts, but they mention them to me when I'm on a call with them so um, leave an impact, make your sales job easier, start posting on LinkedIn, you don't have to start posting seven to ten times a week, uh, you just need to be visible, so start posting three times a week and how are you going to help educate, inspire, challenge or understand your audience. Um, so social selling is something that, that we're seeing a lot more of and um, that would be my tip.
0: Fantastic, Charlotte, thank you so much for that tip. If you do want some more tips on social selling, we did do a webinar some months ago now that uh, was very sort of informative and gave some ideas about, you know, uh, getting started with social selling. So do go and check that out. But Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us for this webinar. Um, Happy. David, can we have your take it am yeah. oh, Sorry, Michael, you, you were going for it there, weren't you? But uh, we'll, we'll get to you, don't worry.
4: <laughs> Mike, I'll promise to be really quick so we can get to you. Um <laughs> all right. uh, Yeah, all right. So um not prepared for this one, but just thinking about it, I'm about to make a public prediction um in front of you all. We spoke about um Vidyard being kind of like yeah i felt 2018 2019 was its peak i think voice notes is kind of like peaking at the moment on linkedin um my prediction for next year so to get on it early because you know um doing things that early, early adopters always win um is not cryptocurrency it is um whatsapping it's whatsapping and it's um Slack slash Teams Connect—I don't know what it's called. Um, we've started testing it, and it's going pretty well. But with WhatsApping people, seem, people seem to be very, very receptive to it. Um, like, you know, we we'll make a call, drop them a WhatsApp afterwards, and as long as you have a professional-looking picture and everything else, then, then generally, we're not getting much negative feedback on it at all. But the second thing is this Slack Connect. You, you, as long as you've got their email, instead of emailing them, you throw them a Connect on on Slack, and um, actually. Even as a as a way of getting another touch point out there that's unique, um it's it feels potentially a little bit more intrusive for some people, but again, like the responses have been really positive. so um yeah, get on that early, that would be my my top tip. Amazing.
0: Great. Thank you, David for joining us, thank yeah. you for that prediction. So Michael, we finally come to you. if I could limit you to one tip to take away, please.
1: Uh, no, first of all, but I will give you the, the, the base. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to, to Charlotte and David. I'm gonna build up both of these. Charlotte, I can't agree more. Create content. David, I can't agree more. Be different. Um, what I think is that the marketing funnel used to be awareness, engagement, conversion, value, but I truly believe that now it's awareness, engagement, value, and then once they've gotten value, that they then want to convert. Um, so. I will say for my business, I have 15X my business year over year by posting on TikTok, and I've grown my LinkedIn following probably double in the last two months by just simply copying and pasting TikToks over to LinkedIn. So I can't agree more. 100% of my leads I get are all TikTok, and I don't do any outbound at this point. That said, my biggest tip specifically for Q4 is using this one phrase, which is too soon. When you're talking to somebody, we simply say, you'll talk to your boss. Great, let's meet next week. Instead say, you're talking to your boss, great, can we meet Thursday or is that too soon? Can you bring us to your boss next week? No, can we bring us to your boss Thursday or is that too soon? Should we meet tomorrow morning or is that too soon? They will always say it is too soon, but they'll give you a time that's almost immediately thereafter. Thursday's too soon, Friday morning, how about that? Those are my tips.
0: Fantastic, Michael, thank you so much for joining us for this webinar, some smashing tips there. Tyler, see us home, one final tip from you.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about setting up a Q4 pipeline, I think, you know, sum it all up for me of just like, um, really be selfish with where you invest your time. So make sure that you're investing your time in the right place. As we talked about, you know, in terms of qualifying, make sure you're going after the qualified prospect, get that information early, ask the tough questions um, early in the process, because You know, number two, uh, I keep saying it, but segment down your buckets, right? So where am I investing my time? Is it net new? Is it, you know, existing? And is it old, right? Figure out as many ways you possibly can to automate this stuff as well, right? So once you kind of reverse engineer it, automate that stuff so your time isn't getting sucked up. And then last but not least, like, I, I do mean it, like, if one of the hardest challenges is who should I be reaching out to? Who's in the market right now? Who's got budget? Who's, you know, this, that, and the other, like, get some sort of intent, information like i would go with like a lead forensics clearly but like that to me is probably the biggest game changes for my q4 um when i came here i in the b2b typically q4 is kind of slowest because you can't always get people to spend the money and uh etc but like if i know who i'm supposed to be calling every day that just makes my job so much easier so that's how i always look at it's like my time is very valuable i want to put it where it needs to go so speak to the qualified prospects, segment down, you know, what actual bucket, because maybe it's not net new, maybe you can't turn over quick enough in Q4. Um, so you do need to go in and actually fish from these other wells a bit more. Um, and then, yeah, the last part is get something in place, get something in place that says, you should call this person right now, watch for signals. You can follow them, they can make posts, you can get intent data, there's all kinds of different things, but but figure it out. And that way you're putting, only putting your time into people who are gonna be receptive to that message. Because remember, you can create all the value you want, but so are all of your competitors. So is everybody else in your market. So like, if, if they see value and they identify they have a problem, they're on your website, they're looking, they're doing their homework, and if you're not in the conversation at the right time, you're gonna lose that deal. So you may have done all the branding, but somebody swoops in because they got a cheaper price listed on their website, you're in big trouble. So get something that tells you I should be calling this person. <laughs>
0: Tyler thank you so much thank you everybody for uh, joining us for this this webinar it's been a fantastic chat lots of value and yeah thank you so much for joining us for another essential beastB webinar brought to you by the forensics and uh, we'll see you for the next one thank you all so much
3: thanks guys take care yeah awesome job everyone
0: thanks thank you